Psalm 34, I'll be reading 15 through 18. This is the living word of God. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, <clears throat> and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. <clears throat> well, several weeks ago in verse 15, we saw that the Lord watches over his people. He's always watching over us. Um, and he hears our cry. He hears our cry to him. But in contrast, from verse 16, it says, his face is against those who do evil. And the result of that is that they are cut off so as uh, not to be remembered. And uh, they also do not know the blessing of the Lord now, nor will they have a lasting impact. And then in verse 17, we see again the truth that when the righteous cry out, those who have been called by him, when the righteous cry out, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And one question uh, I'd like to ask to all of us, <clears throat> several actually, but the first one, how are we, <clears throat> excuse me, learning, or how long does it take? How long does it take? And how hurt and fearful do we have to get before we cry out to the living God? And are we learning to pray continually, even during times that don't make us cry out necessarily, but uh, we should live a life of prayer. And if we pray and cry out because we realize we can't deliver ourselves, we can't heal our own broken hearts, do we believe that he is able and willing to deliver us? Are we acting in faith, in other words? He saves such, it says, as that have a contrite heart. He saves and he alone. We cannot be our own savior. We've all had our hearts broken, probably, or wounded anyway. Even the young ones here, to some degree, uh, maybe not in the same degree, but, uh, or in the same frequency or amount. But it, it's important to understand what habits we are, have learned or are trying to practice in dealing with our hurts and our broken hearts. If we have learned to run from our fears or hurts, what peacemakers called the escape responses like denial or flight, or if we responded with retaliation or anger, the attack responses, uh, then we are not crying out as the, as the righteous should and can, and we will not experience the nearness of the Lord that he intends. But he is consciously near when we cry out to him with a contrite and a humble heart, knowing that we cannot heal ourselves. We've tried ourselves, probably most of us, adults here certainly, we've tried to deal with these things on our own. We've tried to heal our bro own broken hearts. But the Lord says in Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. In Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lord Jesus is our rock. In Psalm 51, David, after grievous sin, said the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. He doesn't despise a contrite heart. In fact, he hears and he heals and he makes uh, his nearness, his presence known to the brokenhearted. I'd like to read a little from Psalm 69. You can turn there if you'd like, but I'll read a number of verses here. This is the cry of a man with a broken heart, but he also had a contrite heart. And you can see both in this Psalm. This, of course, is David, Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire. 
where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods over, overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. They are mighty who would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully. Though I have stolen nothing, I, I still must restore it. Oh God, you know my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from you. So he's being contrite. He's crying out, but he also is being contrite and humble. Let not those who wait for you, O Lord, of, Lord God of hosts, be ashamed because of me. Let not those who seek you be confounded because of me, O God of Israel. Because for your sake I have borne reproach. Shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. Because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that became my reproach. I also made sackcloth my garment. I became a byword to them. Those who sit in the gate speak against me, and I am the song of drunkards. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, in the acceptable time. O God, in the multitude of your mercy, hear me in the truth of your, sal in the truth of your salvation. So again, this is a cry. He's crying out to the Lord. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from those who hate me, and out of the deep waters. He knows who is his deliverer. He's not able to do that. Let not the flood water overflow me, nor let the deep swallow me up, and let the, not the pit shut its mouth on me. Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies, crying out again. And do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Dear, draw near to my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of my enemies. You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Now you may have recognized some of those verses were said of the Lord who died for us and who knows our weakness, he bore our shame and the penalty that we deserve to bear. And coming to this table weekly reminds us that he alone is our Savior. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. In Hebrews 2, it says, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. And then in Hebrews 4, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we're coming to a table where we can rejoice in his grace this morning. And as you remember his broken body for you and his blood shed for you, praise him for sympathizing with your weaknesses and for hearing the cry of your heart, even if it's broken, and for bringing healing and peace to your soul by his power and his grace. And come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He is your Savior and he is your healer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you thanks and praise for hearing us, hearing our cry, for teaching us to cry out to you so we will learn that you alone save. You alone are our Savior. We thank you that we can see again in this ceremony that we must come to you to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so we come as those who are weak, but strong in you, and we long to know your grace, which is sufficient. Lord, you resist the proud, but give grace to the humble. And we ask that you would forgive us for prideful hearts, 
Make us a people with contrite hearts. And we ask this and we rejoice in your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, our only Savior. Amen.